Hi, my name is Jonas from Dania Accounting. So this podcast is going to be a small introduction to what you need when you are making a small company, what we call a sole proprietorship in Denmark, or popularly called a one-man company in Danish. So I hope you're listening, of course, uh, because you're ready to get started. Uh, then there is a lot of useful information. If you're looking to establish a limited liability company, there is another podcast that's more appropriate for that. Um, many of the steps are the same, but there is still a difference in the way taxes are paid, etc. So if you're looking for a limited, then listen to the other podcast instead. The first step of starting a business in Denmark, naturally, is to find a company name. So uh, when you found the company name, what you need to do first is just to check that nobody else is using that name. Otherwise, you're going to get your application returned and then you need to start all over again. So it's better to check it before you actually get started. There is a website called Virk Data. And on Virk Data, you're able to check the company name. Just simply type in the name that you decided to use. And if there's anything that pops up very similar to yours or maybe exactly the same name, then, of course, you need to, uh, to find another one. You also need an address for your company and a lot of the clients naturally use their private address in the beginning since they have no office and, and a lot of them is starting from their kitchen or maybe they have a home office. So you can use your private address. Normally it doesn't make any problems. I do believe there are some, uh, some formal rules but it's not anything that is being enforced. So, so you're able to use your private address at least for, for the beginning. You also need to decide on a day to start the business and here it's a good idea just to think a little. Um, let me give an example. If you, for instance, start your business on the 31st of December, that's basically going to, to give you a VAT declaration for the fourth quarter, but you're also going to have to submit an annual report for the whole year just because you opened the business on the 31st of December. So in this case, 1st of January naturally would be a much smarter day since then you would have like one and a half year until you need to submit your annual report, your tax declaration, and you would also have sufficient time to actually do the VAT declaration, which would then be from the first quarter, not for that one day in the fourth quarter. So in terms of the start date, just think a little and uh, pick, for instance, the first day in the next quarter uh, to optimize uh, the planning and also lower your costs since you will have probably to pay an accountant to, uh, to declare the VAT for you. You also need to find the, um, there is something we call a branch code, which basically is the code for the type of business you're conducting. So there is a link on Virk.dk. And again, I'm going to write these links for you also later. Uh, so you don't need to write it down, but we call it a branch code in Danish. And what you do is you just translate the activity you have, for instance, use Google Translator, then paste it into this branch code, and you're going to get the, the code that you need when you register the business. When you have these informations, the company name, the address, the starting day, the code of, of the type of business you're conducting, then you need to log into VIRK.dk. There is a link for starting a business and in this link you find the application and you basically just fill out these uh, forms. It's very simple to start a company in Denmark. There is no cost for it, so you're not going to pay anything to register it. All you need is to log into VIRK.dk. To log in, you need a Danish NEM ID. So if you just move to Denmark, for instance, you probably 
don't have your name ID, in that case you need to get one, otherwise you're not able to, uh, to log in. There is a lot of guides on this name ID and, and like I said I'm going to link uh, to this website also so you can uh, read more about it in case you don't have your name ID. After you submit the application it takes normally a few days to get the, the business number. In Denmark we call the number for the business a CVR number and uh, it's like a unique number that identifies your business. It's an eight-digit number by the way. So that's the one you're going to use when you go to the bank or when you when you uh, buy something from other people, they might ask for your, your CVR number. So that's the one you get from here. When you have the CVR number, you need to go to a bank also and establish your, your bank account for the company. And that's going to be a little difficult. You might as well prepare yourself mentally for that because there is a lot of no's in the beginning. So you're probably going to walk around to three, four, five banks and they're going to turn you down in the beginning. That's very normal and it also happens for, for Danish people, um, fluent in Danish with brilliant company ideas. It just is hard to get a bank account. You can make it a little easier for yourself if you do some homework before you go to the bank and things that you could do, for instance, is make a business plan. You could also make a budget for the company. Um, in Denmark, we typically make a cash flow budget. We also make a result budget, a balance budget, and then a budget for your private expenses so that the bank can see how much money you need, worst case. Um, and if you ask for a credit, then naturally the budget is also needed so they can kind of feel safe uh, issuing the loan for you. I'm going to link also to some templates you can use. In terms of registering the business and doing these budgets, all of this is services that we can help you with. Uh, we normally charge 500 Danish kroner for registering a new company in the CVR registry. And for the budgets, we typically charge 1,500 to 3,000 Danish kroner plus VAT for those budgets that's typically needed for the banks. Just be aware that it's no guarantee that you're going to get the bank account since it is very, very hard to get for everyone. Normally, it's a lot easier when you've had the business for three to six months and you actually have a balance, something you can show the bank, then they're normally more willing to, to cooperate. Good, so after you've been into the bank, uh, then you need to order a NEM ID for the business also. Danish people have two NEM IDs. They have one for the private things and they have one for the business. So you're going to have to log into a website that's called medarbeitersignatur.dk. I'm going to write the link for you. And in order to, to get this NEM ID, you need the CVR number. So you basically just enter it into the website and they will send a password for you by normal snail mail and you get a link also on email and you need those two to, to create your, your NEM ID. Besides the NEM ID, you also need something that we call a NEM Conto. In English, that would be something like an easy account. And what NEM Conto is used for is when the government owes you money. Let's say you declared a VAT where you want a refund. Well, they're going to refund the money to your NEM Conto, your easy account. You can ask your bank to register your business account as a NIMP conto. Normally the bank do it automatically, but you can ask them just to be sure. If, if you don't get this done, then the risk is that, that the first time that you are going to receive some money from the government, either taxes returned or VAT returned, then they're not going to go into your bank account because they don't know where to pay it out. So there's going to be a delay, four, five, six weeks. So just give your bank a call or send them an email and just add, please ask them to confirm that they have 
they have made your business account the company's NIM conto. So that's out of the way. You also need to be aware that communication with the government happens through something we call e-box. E -box. And uh, I'm also going to link to that. They made it um, like a mandatory registration e-box. So it's something you need to have for the business and you need your NIM ID to log in and create it. And basically e-box is kind of like an inbox for all the emails you get from the government. So if the tax office wants to mail you something, it's going to be in your e-box instead of in your normal inbox, in your Outlook, for instance. Instead, you're going to get an email in your Outlook that says that now you have an email in e-box. So I'm not really sure if it's to make it convenient for the businesses or just to make it convenient for the government. But either way, you need to have it. When you have your NEM ID, you also have access to the tax office website. We have something for the businesses that we call SCAT Avao. That is the Danish word for business. And there is also a, a website for private tax issues that we call BOA, which is like citizen. So SCAT Avao is for businesses and SCAT BOA is for the normal citizens. It's a very good idea when you have an accountant or an auditor to give them access to both of these. Uh, there is a link here to a video I'm going to write to you also where you can see how to give them access. If you give access to the accountant, then they're able to declare your VAT online. They're able to help you with your tax declaration. They can retrieve information they need, information you might not have or understand. So they're a much bigger help for you if you give access to these two websites. If you're going to start a cafe or a restaurant or work with food in any way, you need to be aware that we have something called Nairingsbasen. Directly translated, it would be something like nutrition database. And what it means is that there's actually a small test you need to do. And you can do the test in English. And it's, it's not complicated if you're used to working with food. But, but there is still a test and you need to pass it before you can register in this Nairingsbasen. The cost for registering is 500 Danish kroner per year. And it's mandatory if you work with food. So there's no way around it. If you have a cafe or restaurant and you need to sell alcohol like beer, wine, liquor, then you also need to get permission from the police. And this can be a little difficult if you don't speak any English. Um, many clients had to hire a manager in the cafe or the restaurant that speaks fluent Danish in order to get the permission. So just be aware that there are some limitations here for foreigners, not because you're a foreigner, but, but due to language problems. We can help you with registering both in the Nang space and we can also help you applying to get a permission to, to sell alcohol in your business if it's needed. When all these formalities are done, then you also might want to check that you can actually get a website with the company name. And uh, for that, we use something called unoeuro.com. There's many, many, many suppliers of uh, internet domains, so this is only a matter of preference. Uh, we find unoeuro very reliable and easy to use. Um, when you are searching for your company name in the beginning on this VIAC data that I talked about, then it's also a really good idea just to check that you can actually get the domain, a .dk domain or a .com, so that you don't finish the whole registration process and then you find out that the domain is not available. Um, if you need the domain for marketing purposes, then it would be a little setback if you find out at that time. In terms of, uh, of telephone numbers for the business, uh, in Denmark there is a smart service called a 702 number. If you've lived in Denmark for some time, you might have, have noticed that a lot of the larger companies have telephone numbers that starts with 702. 
And actually 702 is like a service you can buy in TDC. This is one of the large Danish telephone companies. It's called a personal number. Basically what it does is that it only points to another number. So you have like the main number for the business, which, which would be something like 702. And then you would decide the last five digits together with TDC when you order. And then you just program this number to, to forward all the phone calls, for instance, to your mobile phone. The smart thing here is that if you do this from day one, then all your marketing material, like your business cards, your website, everything you do on print and on the web is going to have this 702 number instead of your mobile number. It looks a little more professional to have a 702 number than it does to have a mobile phone. It could also be in the future that you might want to change your mobile phone or maybe you hire some people and then it's not convenient anymore to use your mobile phone. So then start off uh, with a 702 number. The price for it is very low. It's around 50 Danish kroner per quarter. So it's not even worth uh, noticing. I'm going to uh, send you a link also to this one so you know where to order it. If you're going to have a lot of traveling in your company, we have a, mo a mobile phone company called 3.dk is the website. And they offer some uh, telephone services where you can actually speak, um, for instance, from Great Britain, Sweden, Norway, Germany, France, Italy, etc. And you can do that for the same cost as if you were sitting in Denmark calling. And if you're going to travel a lot, that's going to save you a lot of money. I haven't heard about any other companies doing the same. So I think for now, I think they're the only ones doing it. And we also use it ourselves. So that's at least a good suggestion. There is a lot of podcasts, a lot of blogs, a lot of apps that you can use for the business. Um, of course, in general, giving you a lot of inspiration to making a business. Uh, a lot of guys in America, girls in America do these things and, and they're very nice to hear. I'm going to link to a few of them. And, um, and also there are some Danish websites uh, and blogs. That's also very nice to read if you read Danish. So, um, so check them out and see if there is any information that, uh, that you can use. When you start conducting your business, you're going to get a lot of documents. You're going to get a lot of expenses and stuff like that that we need to book. And in order to book it, there's like several different ways. A lot of the small companies, they start off really, really simple by registering everything in an Excel spreadsheet, for instance, and then they declare everything themselves. But at some point, you are going to have to pick a real financial accounting system, what we call an ERP system. Uh, there's just no other way that's, uh, that's smart if you want to have a professional accounting. There are three systems at the moment that's the most popular. Naturally, you can find a million different systems, but the three most popular ones are one we call economic. For you, it would be a benefit because it's also in an English user interface, which is nice for you. There is also a system called Dineo, and there is one called Billy's Billing. So these are the three most popular systems. The prices for them is more or less the same. Economic charge is 99 kroner per month for small startups. When you get a little bigger, they have a, what they call a small edition. That's The price for that is 150 Danish kroner. They have a standard edition for 318 kroner per month. And they also have some additional charges if you want to have scanned invoices in the system. Um, but the prices are very similar. Dineo, they have a free version called the Starter. The starter has many limitations in terms of uh, storing invoices in PDFs, etc. So it is just a starter version just to see if you like it. Uh, you can also not give your accountant access or anything. So in that case, you would need to upgrade to a pro version. And a pro version costs 97 kroner if you buy 
one year in advance and also pay in advance. Otherwise, you have to pay 127 per month. So, so the prices are more or less the same. Billy's Billing is the last one. They charge 99 kroner if you pay for 12 months in advance. Otherwise, you have to pay them 129 Danish kroner per month. So it's also very, very similar. My personal favorite of these three is Economic. Um, mainly because economic has a lot of functionalities for us accountants. There is some reporting, we have a lot of controlling uh, facilities that we don't have in Dineo and in Billy's Billing. But when that is said, then both Dineo and Billy's Billing have really, really nice user interfaces for us, for, this, for the business owners. So you might find them easier to use. So it's really a matter of preference. Uh, if I were starting a new business, then today I would choose economic just due to the fact that they have more functionality. Um, but I am aware that both Dineo and Billy's Billing are working on improvement, so they might get better also. And I'm not just saying this because I have any shares in economic, which I don't have. Um, it's just a matter of preference. And I, I think today economic is a better system than, uh, than the two other systems. But they're getting better every day, so we'll see what happens in the future. I'm going to link to all three of them, then you can check them out, see what you like. Um, if you have problems choosing anyone, then we can also be of help with that. All three systems are online systems, so it basically means that we're able to book online in all three. We're able to store all your invoices digitally in PDF, and you're able to give us access to the system, so we can actually work in the system together with you, and that saves some time, of course, uh, in the communication. When we work together with a client that has a small business, then normally we kind of share the tasks. So we split them up so that there's something that you'll be doing and something we will be doing. This differs a lot from the large companies where we more or less do everything. But for the small companies that want to save a little money, um, there are some things that you can do yourself. And the first thing that our clients normally do is the sales invoices. So every time you have provided a service or sold a product, then making the actual sales invoice is, is normally something that you would do. It saves you a lot of time because if you have to explain every time what you did and, and what product you sold or what service you delivered, it's probably going to take you more time than just to make the invoice yourself. So, um, so a good idea is to learn how to, use, to make the sales invoices to your client. In all these systems here, the sales invoice is made in the system. It's, uh, they generate a PDF and they email it directly to the client. So it's quite simple to, uh, to make it. Most of our clients also prefer to pay the invoices themselves. So they basically just log into their internet bank and they pay all the invoices themselves, the phone bills, the insurance, whatever they have, they pay for themselves. We just get the, the invoice. They also normally prefer to remind their clients themselves and that's because they typically don't have that many invoices. Let's say they've made three invoices in a month and one of them is not paying on time, then it's easier just to pick up the phone and, and call that client and ask why they didn't pay yet compared to having to communicate to us first and explaining who it is, etc. So, so that's also a task that the clients normally do themselves. When they've gathered all the invoices, then today it's like this, that a lot of invoices already comes on an email as a PDF and other invoices you're going to get on, on hard copy in your mailbox as paper. So you would need, for instance, having a fixed routine every week or every two weeks where you take all the invoices you have on paper, you scan them, and then you save them on your computer as a, as a PDF. And then a little depending on the agreement with us, you can either email all the invoices to us in PDF or you can email it directly to the accounting system. That depends a little on what we agree. 
We can also make a Dropbox for you where you just save the invoices in Dropbox and then we can uh, work from there. Besides the invoices, we also need to have your transactions on the bank. And in every Danish internet bank, you can log in, you can print on the screen your transactions, and then you have a function where you can save all the transactions as a comma-separated file. That's also called a CSV file. So log into your bank, save the transactions every month, and make sure you email the transactions to the accountant. It saves a lot of time compared with uh, having a PDF, for instance, and the CSV file can be imported directly. And if you have a lot of transactions, it's going to save you time and make the accounting a little cheaper. When we've received the invoices and this uh, CSV file from the bank, then we basically just start to book the invoices. So we look at everything and we ask the, the questions that needs to be asked, like, are you allowed to deduct the VAT? Can you get the tax deduction here? If something is missing, let's say that we go through the bank and we can see you did some payments, but we don't have the invoices, then we will normally send you an email or give you a phone call and just ask to get those things that you uh, didn't submit to us. We also will reconcile the bank in the system. And when we're done with that and we received, for instance, the invoices that you forgot to send, when we're done, we log into the tax office website and we declare the VAT. After the VAT is declared, then we send you an email where the receipt is from the tax office that the VAT has been declared. And in the same email, you also get the payment identification for your internet bank, so you're actually able to pay the VAT. Let's say you have to pay 10,000 Danish kroner in VAT, then there is a payment ID, like a payment string you put into your internet bank and just pay the VAT that way. The VAT, by the way, is normally paid every three months. Uh, for the smaller companies. If you're going to claim money from the tax office, then you just get the receipt from us that we have declared, and then you're going to receive the VAT on your NIMP conto, this easy account that I talked about before. So, yeah, so we do that for you, so it's quite easy. A lot of the questions that I get is related to what can actually be deducted. So a lot of companies are not 100% certain on which kind of deductions they can get, and to make it's very, very simple. We could say like overall that every cost you have that relates to the business, that relates to making the revenue for making the sales, they can be deducted. Typically, it would be something like uh, goods. When you buy goods that you want to sell, it could be cost for selling, cost for marketing, production, administration. It could be phone bills, internet, insurance. There's all these types of bills you can deduct. Make sure that you get your company name on all the invoices. Don't get your personal name, but take the company name. And if they ask for your CVR number, then of course, just inform them what your business uh, CVR number is. If you have a car, let's say you have a private car and you're using your private car for driving around for the business, for meetings or stuff like that, then you have two options. Either you can gather all the expenses, like the gas bills and the car insurance and the road tax, or you can simply just decide that you want to get paid per kilometer that you drive for the company. In 2015, you're allowed to get three Danish kroner and 70 euro. So, how do I say, you make a list with all the driving you have. You basically write from where you drove to where you drove, the day, who you drove to and why, and then the amount of kilometers you drove. And then we just times that up with... 3.7 Danish kroner and you can get that up to 20,000 Danish kilometer per year and after that there is a lower rate um, for the exceeding kilometers. 
whether or not it's a better idea to take this fixed rate compared to actually giving the invoices depends on what kind of car you have. If the car is very, very expensive, then naturally sometimes it could be a better idea to just submit the invoices. And if it's a cheap car that drives, you know, that has a good mileage, for instance, then sometimes the 3.7 is, is a better deal for you. And you can decide what you want to use. If you have a lot of traveling by aeroplane, for instance, where you have hotels, etc., more or less the same rules apply that either you can give us all the invoices, so you can ask the hotel to issue an invoice for the business, you can ask the airline to issue an invoice, or you can just take the standard rates that the Danish tax office offer you to take instead of having to deal with all the invoices. You can take a deduction in Denmark for, for 471 Danish kroner per day for eating, so that's for all the food you're going to buy, and also 202 Danish kroner for accommodation. So that's for the hotels. But let's say that you go to London, then that's not going to get you very far, 202 Danish kroner. And in that case, it's a much better deal just to ask for a receipt and then book the invoice in the company instead. Also, a lot of clients are not sure about if they have an office at home, if they can actually deduct that. And in Denmark, the rules are like this, that if you have an office at home, then if you want to deduct something, you need to like literally be able to close the door to the office. So it's not enough that you just sit in a kitchen, for instance, and work in the kitchen. You need to make an office where there is a door that you can close, and that room has to be for the business only. It cannot be, for instance, if you have children, it cannot be a table in the children's room or something. It has to be a room dedicated for your company, otherwise you're not going to get a deduction. If you are leasing an apartment, for instance, then, then you're going to get a a deduction that, that equals the amount of space the office is. Let's say that you have 20 square meter office in a 100 square meter apartment. Then your office is 20% of your apartment, so you can deduct 20% of the rent you're paying as a company cost. It could also be heating, electricity, everything you use in the company would then be deducted with 20%. If you're the owner of an apartment or a house, you can also get a deduction, but it's calculated differently. You, you get a reduction in the taxes you pay, and in certain situations you can also deduct heating, electricity, water, etc. But it depends on how big the office is and what you actually do for, for um, a living in the business. So we need to discuss that with you in order to, uh, to give you a, a correct answer. Other costs that could be relevant for you is representation. If you take clients out for dinner, remember to write who you actually went to dinner with. It's a good idea to write it on the, on the back of the receipt so you remember it for later. And also keep in mind that you only get a one-fourth deduction. So you get 25% in tax deduction of, of a bill for a restaurant. So it's not always a good idea to, uh, to take your clients out for an expensive dinner. If you need some employees to help you out, then you need to hire some people. And even though you have a one-man company, so to say, you can hire people and have them employed in your business also. That's not a limitation to that. You need to remember that in Denmark, they need to have a contract agreement for the, for the employment. If you fail to issue a contract and the employee goes to a union and they start to make some problems for you, you can get some very large fines for not having the contract. In the old days, it was like 10,000 Danish kroner per contract, but I've seen even higher fines for, for not giving these contracts. So be a little careful with them. We are going to make some links also for templates for these contracts so that you can use them if you want. 
you have to be aware that in Denmark there is two different types of employees overall. There is one type is the employees that normally works per hour. The Danish word for that is ikke funktionær. So you might see that somewhere. And what it basically means is that it's employees that works per hour. And they don't have so many rights when it comes to termination of employments. They're quite easy to get rid of. Um, and the other type of employee is something we call funktionær. And they're actually a little more difficult because there is a lot of rules relating to them in terms of how you can terminate the employment. There is a, a notice term you need to respect. And if you don't, you're going to get fined very high. So two types of employees. Make sure that you pick the right contract. There is one contract for each type of employee. And it's not enough just to say that your employees work per hour. So there are the easy employees that you can just get rid of. So they get one of the easy contracts. It also depends on what type of work they do. Employees that normally takes cash from clients or work in an office, they're normally per definition functionaire. So they would need to get one of these contracts here, depending on some things also like how many hours they work, etc. So it's just to underline that it's not so easy to determine what type of employees you have. And we definitely recommend that at least the first time that you ask a lawyer, make sure what type of employees you have so you don't make any mistakes here. Mistakes with employees can end up costing a lot of money and fines, so it's better to spend those 1,000, 2,000 Danish kroner for a lawyer to review the contract templates and also to answer the questions on what type of employees you have. At least that's something that we recommend. You also need to keep in mind that when you have employees, you need to register for that also with the Danish tax office. And we do that on the same website as we register your business in. There are some obligations to pay taxes for the employees. We call those taxes A-taxes in Denmark. And also there is something called AM-bidrag, which is like also a tax. It's just a fixed rate 8% tax that's also paid. Then there are some contributions for a public pension called ATP and there are some holiday money and all these things we need to make sure the company is registered for before we can actually pay out the salaries for the, for the employees. When we need to make the salary payout, we need to naturally have a payroll where we calculate everything, the gross salary, the taxes and the net salary. And for that, there is two popular systems. There is naturally more systems, but the two most popular is one called Denlon. And there's also one called Dataloon or Blue Garden. The difference between these two is just, again, it's a matter of preference. Uh, Dataloon has a fixed rate per payslip. It's 15 kroner per payslip. And Dataloon varies a little depending on how many prints they send. But pricing is more or less the same, especially if you only have one or two employees. It's not going to set you back uh, that much using uh, Dataloon. So... In the overall picture, it's a matter of preference. Take a look at the website if you want to do the payrolls yourself. Take a look at the user interface if you like it, etc. And, and then make your choice uh, based upon that. If we have to decide, if we're making your payslips, we, we take Danlon because that's normally the most easy system for the employees also um, and for the clients. It's a good idea to... Um, tell the employees from the beginning and also put it in the contract that the salaries are calculated not by the calendar month, but like, for instance, it could be from the 24th to the 23rd. And the reason for that is that when you order the payrolls from us, you need to send us an email where you write the names of the employees, how many hours they worked and how much salary they're paid per hour. And naturally, we need to have a few days to make the salaries before the, the month finishes. So if you 
use the calendar month as a as a salary period, then you're going to have a problem every month. So make it another day. For instance, the 23rd could be the last day of your salary month. That would give you two days to submit the information to us. And then we also have two days to make the, the payslips. Much, much better than having the calendar month. In practice, what you do is that you just send an email, write the names, like I said, the hours, the salary per hour, and then the gross salary, and then you just send an email to us, and then we do everything else for you. So it's very, very simple. The salaries are normally transferred automatically from your business account to the employee, and also the taxes are paid automatically from your business account to the tax office. The payrolls are done in PDF. We email the PDF to you so you can hand it out to your staff so they can see how much money they're going to get. Besides the actual salary, there is a few more costs that you need to be aware of. One is the holiday money. And there is two types of holidays money. There is one is the type of holiday employees doesn't get paid for. We call that fairing. And that's normally for the employees that works per hour. They are the ones we call quote-unquote simple employees and they get 12.5% of the gross salary as holiday money. So that's actually an expense you're going to get on top of the gross salary you agree on. So that's 12.5%. And they use this holiday money when they have a vacation. So instead of getting a salary when they go on vacation, they're going to get paid these 12.5% that they have earned from working from you and then they can have a vacation and spend that money. If your employees are not working per hour, but they're working, for instance, full-time and they get a fixed salary per month, then when they have a vacation, then you have to pay them salary when they're on vacation. Danish employees, they earn 25 holiday days per year. So 25 days per year, you actually have to pay for them uh, being on holiday. And in addition to that, for these type of employees, you also need to pay 1% of the total salary as kind of like a holiday uh, contribution you could say so they go on holiday they still get a salary and once per year they actually also get one percent of last year's salary as kind of like a you can call it a contribution or a bonus or whatever but you have to pay it out to the employee and they can then go on holiday and still get paid the full salary but then of course you save the 12.5 percent which is only for the employees that works per hour On top of that, there is a pension, something called ATP. It's not huge amounts, but, but still, it's nice to know they're there. Uh, every month for a full-time employee, the amount is 270 Danish kroner. The employee pays one-third, so that's 90 kroner, and you pay two-thirds, which is 180 Danish kroner. And this is only for full-time employees. Um, yeah, what can I say more about ATP? It's paid every quarter. Uh, you receive um, an invoice for it, and then you just pay it in your internet bank. Other types of cost is something we call drug, AUB, AES. There is Basel, which is kind of like for maternal leave. And the cost for one full-time employee is 161 Danish kroner per quarter. So it's not huge expenses, but it's still nice to know that they're there. And I'm going to link also to the different types of expenses and when they're paid. After we've done all the accounting and we've looked at your, your income and all the expenses, then of course we, we start to, to know a little about your revenue or your deficit. And when we know that, then it's also a good time to start talking about taxes. Company owners in Denmark, they pay tax 10 times a year. And that type of tax we call B-tax. 
For employees, it's called A tax, and when you have a business, it's called B tax. The B tax is regulated by an estimate, and it's actually you and me that makes that estimate. So let's say you start your business on 1st of January, then we need to estimate together how much the revenue will be, and we declare that to the tax office in the beginning of the year, and they send to you 10 payments that's due during the year, and those 10 payments relate directly to the estimate that we, uh, that we give them. So the higher we estimate, the more you have to pay every month. When the year has finished, then naturally a regulation will be done. These 10 payments are due for payment in January, February, March, April, May, and uh, sorry, not June. June is off tax. Uh, and also July, August, September, October, November is month where you pay tax. And then December is also free from tax. You don't save any money. They just split the payments out to 10 uh, in, instead of 12. So... If you have a deficit or if you expect a deficit, then naturally you don't need to pay anything. Then we just, uh, we just submit uh, a preliminary tax registration that you're not expecting to make any money. The tax will be zero. And even if you're married, for instance, your wife might benefit from that. Or if you have a job next to your company, you also might benefit from that. When the year has finished and you've paid these 10 payments, these 10 installments of your tax, then we need to find out what was the actual income. And to do that, we make your annual report. That's the first step. After we've made the annual report and we know how much money you made or lost, if you have a deficit, then we need to decide on what kind of tax system we're going to use. It's a little complicated. I'm not going to go into so many details, but all you need to know, and not every accountant will tell you that, but there is three different types of tax systems. There is one that we call the personal tax system. In Danish, it's personskatteordning. And that tax system is like the simple tax system. It works like this, that you look at the sales and the expenses and the revenue, whatever it is, if it's 1,000 or a million, everything is taxed as personal income. Personal income in Denmark is taxed like averagely, let's say 50, 60%, depending on what you make. If you make very little money, the tax could be 35 or 40%, but... We have like a progressive tax system that the more money you make, the higher the tax gets. But if you want like a, a thumb rule, then say 50%. That's, that's normally like a, a fair estimate. If you have a lot of interest in your business, let's say that you uh, borrowed a lot of money to get started, then using this personal tax system could turn out to be quite a bad idea. And the reason for that is that when you deduct interest in Denmark as a, as a company, if you use this personal tax system, then those interests, they're going to be deducted on your tax statement, but they're not going to be valued with 100%. They're going to be listed, but when you see the tax calculation, <clears throat> let's say you have 30,000 in, uh, in interest, then actually it's only the, the 10,000 that's going to count at the end of the day. So you basically lose the tax deduction for two-thirds of your interest, which can be quite a large amount. <clears throat> So for some companies, the interests are very large. And then, of course, it has a big influence on the tax. If you don't have any loans, if you don't have any, any big interest or anything, then don't worry about it. The personal tax system will be fine. But if you have a lot of interest, you need to look at the two other systems there is. There is one called the capital gain system, like if you translate it directly. 
in Danish it's called kapitalafkastordningen. And there's also one called, uh, you can call it translated like the business system. And in Danish it's called virksomhedsordningen. And the difference between these two is that the, the business system is kind of like the complicated one. And the capital gain system is a simplified version of the business system. What it means for you is that if you have a lot of interest, and that's the only thing you have, then you can use the capital gain system to ensure that your interest are deducted 100% when your tax is calculated. So remember that in the personal system, they only count more or less with one third. But if you declare using the capital gain system, they're going to count with 100%. So it could be a big difference if you have high interest. If you have high interest and you also have a huge revenue, let's say you make a million, but you only need to, to make 500,000, for instance, then it could be very beneficial also to start looking at the business system. Because the business system not only ensures you the 100% tax deduction on your interest, but it also ensures that you have a, an option of postponing some of your taxes. In Denmark, we have something called a top scat, like a, you can call it a top tax in, in Denmark. It's kind of like the maximum tax you can pay. And that kicks in when, when you start making around, let's just say, 400,000 Danish kroner to make it uh, easy to remember. So when you make above 400,000 Danish kroner, then, then you start to pay a lot of tax. And if you don't really need to take out that much money from your business, then instead you can save it up in the company. And you do that by using this business system. And in practice, what you do is that you just leave the money on the bank account. So don't take it out. Don't withdraw it from your business account. Just leave it on your business account. And then when we do the annual report and we can see that you saved up the money in the business, then we can say, for instance, let's say you made that million. We can see you took out 500,000 as salary for yourself and you made 500,000 stay on the business account. Then when we declare your tax, you're going to get taxed on the 500,000 as personal income. And like I said, let's say just for the, for the fun of it that the tax was 50%, it might be different, but let's just say that it's 50% of the 500,000, then you're going to pay 250,000 on, on that income. And the remaining 500,000, which you left on the business account, you're allowed to, to only pay what equals what the limited liability companies pay. And they pay a much lower tax. In 2014, they're paying 24.5%. And in 2015, they're paying 23.5%. So if you leave the money on the company account, you're only going to say, let's say we're in 2015 and you saved up 500,000, then you're going to pay 23.5% of that savings now. And then you can basically leave that money for as long as you want. But when you take the money out in the future, let's say you take it out in one, two, three years, then you're probably going to have another tax. Let's say you're paying 55% in tax that year. Then you're going to take out the 500,000. The tax office will say, okay, so you're going to pay us 55% in tax minus the 23.5% you already paid in 2015. So in this case, you're kind of like postponing the time of where the taxes are due. So that's not like a, a real saving in that case. The real saving comes if you can level out your income between the years. Let's say that you, like I told you before, that the maximum tax kicks in around 400,000. It's not exactly 400,000, but it's easier to remember. Let's say that you make 600,000 year one. 
then instead of taking 600,000 out of salary, then take out 400, so the maximum tax doesn't kick in, save up the 200,000 on the bank account, and let's say that in year number two, let's say you only make 200,000 in revenue, well, that is the year then that you can take out the 200,000 you saved up, because that will give you a personal income of 400,000, which is below the maximum taxation, um, and in that case, you would actually save money. Then you would save this maximum tax. It's like an extra tax that is uh, that is put on um, on the normal tax. Um, so yeah, so so that, that's at least uh, a very very smart idea. And in that case, you actually save money. I'll just give you the the correct. Uh, I'm just googling here the correct uh, numbers for 2015. So you have them. I can see here that the limits are going to be. It's going to be, let's see here, 459,200 kroner in 2015. And be aware that these rates, they change every year. So normally we say 400,000, but, but, uh, but this is the X amount, 459,200,000 Danish kroner. And this is uh, after this AMP drug has been paid, the 8% in tax. It's a little complicated, so you'll feel free to ask. Um, the maximum taxation is 15%. So what this is about is basically saving those 15% in revenue and it might not even be relevant for you right now. Um, if you just started your business and you probably have a deficit or at least your revenue is not, is not in these levels here, then don't worry about it. Uh, it's not going to make, uh, to make a big difference for you. So that was a little about the tax systems. I hope it made sense without being too complicated. Um, Let's uh, try and move on here. Uh, I made a small list here with things. Um, after the taxes, what could be relevant for you to know could be something like when you're done with all this business. Let's say that you have had the business for two, three, four years and you want to close the business. Well, closing a, a one-man company is actually very simple in Denmark. So we just log into a website and we, and we cancel your registration for VAT. We change your preliminary tax registration and then you're basically off the hook. If you sell your company or if you acquire some assets, there could be some tax issues related to you closing the business. But it's, it's actually quite simple to, uh, to close the company. There are a few options for people that has a company when it comes to being unemployed. There is this unemployment insurances that you can pay for. It's not always you're actually going to get something paid out. It depends on how many years you were a member and how much revenue you generated in, in the last years. So check it out, at least the names are something called ASA and Dana. I'm going to link to them also. The price for ASA is 512 Danish kroner per month and Dana is 544 kroner per month. So it's more or less the same. And what these two does is that they they pay out a fee, not a fee, they pay out kind of like a salary every month when you're unemployed for some time. I personally don't have it because I don't think that the, that the amount you get is, is uh, realistic. If you have a house and a family you need to pay, then you're going to get a relatively small amount. At least you're not able to pay your mortgages and, uh, and pay for your family expenses. So it's not really an option unless you want to get rid of your house, of course. So look at it, maybe give them a call and find out if, uh, if it's something for you. In terms of the services that we mentioned here, the accounting, the annual report, the tax declaration, all these things, of course, this is something that we provide to our clients and the pricing for that 
is around for the if you take the small companies let's say you have 10 20 invoices per month then the price for accounting would be around 400 to 600 danish kroner per month plus vat we send our invoices every month so let's say that you would like to use our service then every month you would get an invoice with the with the fee that we that we charge for the services if your company grows bigger and you get more and more invoices then we naturally regulate the price accordingly annual reports are priced around 5000 danish kroner plus plus vat and uh, it's a annual cost so if you start for instance the 1st of january 2015 then the first time that we actually submit a tax declaration is going to be the 1st of july 2016 so it has quite a long uh, quite a long period of time before you have to pay that pay slips we charge around 100 danish kroner per employee depends on how many you have if you have a lot of employees then of course we'll just make a, a, a good offer for you on that we can also assist you with the actual registration of the company if you find it too complicated we charge 500 danish kroner to help out we can also help you changing the preliminary taxes. We charge 500 kroner plus VAT for that also. So that was uh, a little information from uh, me. If you like what you've heard, if you um, would like to work together with us, or if you have additional questions, then feel free to submit your contact details here on this page, and then we're going to contact you. You're also very welcome to uh, contact me directly. My name was Jonas, in case uh, you don't remember. I've been talking now for a long time. Um, you can call me, you can text me on my mobile phone, which is uh, plus 45, and then it's 26, 27, 77, 77. You're also very welcome to send me an email on jonas at daniaaccounting.com. So jonas at daniaaccounting.com. There's also a link here on this uh, page if you want to send an email. And finally, uh, if, if you want to read some more about us, then go to our website. Um, we also have an English version if you want to read a little more about who we are. Very short-spoken. We have experience from more than 1,000 small companies. Um, so we are quite experienced and we have a big knowledge database of, of uh, things that you might that you might uh, endure now that you start your business. So feel free to ask us anything, not only about accounting, but also about marketing, whatever. We have a lot of experience in these things that we've seen and heard a lot over the years. So that was everything that I wanted to, uh, to share with you today. I hope that, uh, that you liked uh, what you heard and that it was not too long. Uh, and as I said, feel free to contact us and thank you for listening. Bye.